Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Hey, good Monday morning or almost afternoon. I apologize, you guys, for any of you that might have been watching live, waiting, wondering why we hadn't started yet. Rob and I were making small talk for I, I thought he was already recording our show. Welcome, Rob Sell of Sell Home Inspect. How are you today? I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming down and hanging out with me. You know, Rob and I have been doing a lot of business together for, I don't know, how many years now, Rob? Well, probably 12 or 13 at least. At least. And he's definitely one of my go-to guys for home inspection, home inspections, if not the go-to guy. You actually even came up and inspected mine and James's cabin up north as a favor for us. Don't think you normally do inspections up north, do you? No, not typically. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. We even got to go check out the house next door. I have a kind of funny video that I didn't think to put on air today, but I'll save that for the next show. Um, remember that place next door? Oh, the rocking chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rocking chair, door slammed shut. Yeah. I still have the hair up on my arms right now thinking about that one. Well, welcome to Grateful Heart TV. Our show today is going to be all about home inspections but I'm going to make it fun for you. D d I Hopefully you think it's a fun job because you've been doing this a long time, right, Rob? Almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Okay, so he's definitely a pro. Oops, my little like, earpiece just popped out of my ear. And Rob, real quick, before we get into the nitty gritty about home inspections, I'm going to talk a little bit about Rob Sell himself. A little background about you, though. You had to get licensed. Yes, I did. You actually have a lot more education than any of us realtors have to have. Can you please bore my audience and tell them what kind of education you actually had to get in order to get licensed? And I'm sure you're bonded, insured, and all that other fun stuff. Correct. Typically, to become a home inspector, you have to do at least um, two weeks. But the class that I took was actually four weeks. And we get all of our parallel inspections with that. It's required that you have 30 parallel inspections with another inspector, and then he has to sign off of those. And then you have to take a test, a state test, which is extremely hard. Once you pass that test, you get your license, you have to get your bond, your insurance, and then you're heading in a direction. Okay, so let, let me put this into perspective. When you say parallel inspection, that means you go and follow somebody else around for a little while and watch them do it, and you're, this is all free. You're not getting paid to do it. It's just... It's very time consuming. You would, I would say the average home inspector probably spends weeks, months, how long before they can actually go out and inspect a home on their own for the first time? Well, if you do 30 parallel inspections, then um, you actually have someone following you around to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. 
For how long does that go? Uh, that's for at least 30 inspections. So you follow somebody else around for 30 inspections, and then they follow you around for like 30 inspections. Well, you do your 30 inspections, but they have to be with you to make sure what you're doing is right. Then they review your reports. Got to it. Make sure that you're in compliance with the standard of practice. Now, we're all human, and we all are going to miss things. I'm sure you've probably missed things, even as much as you've tried not to, things come up. Like, is there anything that pops out at you as something that you rarely miss, but every now and then can bite you? Like, what what are the big concerns about home inspections? Because I know me as a realtor, when I help somebody buy a home, I tell them like, look, if you don't inspect it, it's on you. I'll make you sign a waiver. But back like in the early 90s, whenever I first got licensed, you guys didn't have to be licensed. I would tell my folks not to waste their money because you know most home inspectors didn't seem like they were very good back then. That's true. Yeah, as of 2002 is when they required, the state of Arizona required us to become licensed. Uh-huh. As far as things that that's possible to miss, it's, it's always hard to know because you look for everything you can. Right. But an inspection is basically a snapshot in time. Right. So, you know, then what you have to remember is that after you do the inspection, there's going to be 30 days in between that. Mm-hmm. So you try to see as many things and, and 30 find days, you mean until somebody closes escrow yes, and moves in. So correct. things can happen after you've inspected before they move in kind of right. thing. Right. So, I mean, you try to catch everything you can, but I mean, you're not always going to catch everything. Any two inspectors are going to probably find something different. Yeah. And I, that I agree with a hundred percent because I know I've had listings where a home's been inspected and for whatever reason, if a home's going to cancel, it cancels during the inspection period typically. Right. Not because you guys do anything other than your job, but when you bring things of material you know, to note for the buyers and or the sellers, then that's where we go on and negotiate and decide whether we have a deal still or not. And sometimes we don't. So the same home I might have listed could be inspected by more than one inspector. And it is interesting to me how sometimes different inspectors see different things. Obviously, the more experienced an inspector is, you know, you learn, I say this, I learn still every day from every deal I do, even though I've been doing real estate for 27 years. I'm sure you learn from every inspection you've ever done. Absolutely, absolutely. Because once you've seen something once, doesn't mean it's gonna be exactly the same on the next house. And I like what you said about a snapshot in time, because it's the same thing, like when I run a market analysis for somebody, you know, that what what my opinion of value might be is a snapshot in that particular moment. I can't control what the market's gonna do tomorrow, just like you can't control of, you know, that all of a sudden the AC starts leaking after you inspected it. Right. So stuff happens, right? Yep. All right. For so sure. for Rye, do me a favor, my friend, pull up our chart. Okay. So we have sell, sell home inspections. Go ahead and scroll on down because we have Rob. He's right in front of me. You already see what he looks like. Who you, who you don't see is his son, Jason. So I'm assuming Jason, because he's probably been on at least 30 inspections of my own. Um, I don't know if Jason's gone through the education to get licensed, but you brought Jason on board with you because you got so busy about how many years ago? Uh, he came on board in 2017, so he's going on his third year. Okay. We haven't got him to school yet and got his license, but it's just something that's definitely in the near future. Well, it ought to be because obviously Jason's not a you know a, a spring chicken anymore. He's nope. you know not fresh out of high school, and he is in the background behind the scenes. So for <laughs> those of you guys who are wondering about this Jason guy, he goes with Rob to all the inspections, which is great because you have a second pair of eyes, which I really appreciate because it's really hard for one person to take in everything. So to have a second pair of eyes. Plus, he also um, helps make sure that you stay on top of stuff and your scheduling, and I know he does a lot of other things for you as well. Right. Yeah, he's definitely my right hand. 
right hand, oops, and man, my earpiece keeps popping out. I guess I'm just not supposed to hear anything in the background today. So he's your right hand, and maybe one of these days take over your business whenever you're ready to retire, but I don't, I don't think you're retiring anytime soon, are you, Rob? Not anytime soon. Okay, well, that's good. Phew. All right, <laughs> so what I'm going to do, I did go through and stalk your Facebook just a little bit this morning, Rob. I'm a firm believer that people like to do business with people that they know and like. Let's And we've never in all the years, because you've done radio shows with me before, and I've been on countless inspections with you, I know a few things about you, but I want to share a few things about you with our audience. So, Fry. Oh, oh my goodness, I forgot. Okay, so I take it back. We're going to talk about Rob and everybody after I talk a little bit about the market. Because Rob, you know when I get busy, you're busy too, right? And so I do want to talk a little bit about the market right now i pulled up three charts that i'm going to share with you guys today this first one is from the cromford report i may have shared it in the past probably on the radio station and to have it big like this is a totally different story so what this is is it's the supply and demand index you know the law of supply and demand right now we have a lot of demand and very little supply which has made our market insane um, in 2001, what I love about this chart is we have 20 years showing us the supply and demand index. And back in 2001, I was licensed in 93, so I remember 2001 really well. 2001, 2002, you were like really close to about 50-50 supply and demand. Homes could be on the market for 30 days. That was totally normal back then. You had about a four to five month supply of inventory. You know, homes could get inspected and negotiated and all kinds of fun stuff. And then down here in 2005, we had the supply dip down below the 50 mark, which is, by the way, guys, kind of where we are right now. And then all of a sudden it shot up a year later above 200. And then at the same time, our demand dropped and they went in reverse. And we've had a couple of blimps since then. We saw in 2010, which was you know the worst of the worst where the demand finally kind of picked up because the supply had dropped down enough where they were kind of right there in the middle and then 2003 do you remember 2003 time period rob how fun that was yeah i do you do yeah because you were you were doing inspections back right. then too so we had a lot of a lot less supply and we had a lot more demand kind of like today um, 2004, 2005, we see this again, or actually that was 2000, Rebecca needs glasses. I don't even know where my glasses are. Those 2014 and 15 that I'm pointing at in the chart, we did have like a little tiny blimp five years ago of where we actually had a little bit more supply than we had in demand. Things kind of softened a little bit in the marketplace. And then ever since then, guys, we've been going gangbusters. Even when the coronavirus hit, um, us at the worst, you know, last spring. Yeah, we had some demand drop, but guess what? Our inventory was so stinking low at the time that we were still really busy and, you know, people are struggling finding homes. So I go and sell a house and then you have the fun um, opportunity to meet my clients and clients of other agents right afterwards. And what kind of comments are you hearing from people when they come to meet you? What kind of stories are you hearing? Is it very easy to get a house today? Well, most people I talk to, they're saying that they're lucky that they got the they got the deal just because there's five or six offers on it. Even I've even talked to people who said there was ten to fifteen offers on homes that they had that they had gotten accepted on. You inspected a home for me last week. First time home buyers, super sweet, Betty and Raul. 
I was afraid. I came across somebody who, um, they'll remain nameless. They tested negative, but I was worried that I'd been around somebody that might have gotten the coronavirus. So I stayed home. Usually I'm one of those realtors who goes along for the inspection. I'm sure most realtors do show up for the inspections, don't they, Rob? Uh, it's, it's about 50-50. Oh, really? There's a lot of them that don't, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. See, I try every time, but those particular folks, first-time home buyers, we beat out 13 other offers for them to get that house. Wow. So they might have been one that you were talking about that had 13, 14 offers, and they felt lucky just to get the house. Thank goodness on that house, it was only a few years old, and the summary report you sent me was six pages long. Thank goodness, no six pages is nothing. Shortest one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, because most of the reports you give me end up being like, what, at least 70 pages when you have the entire summary plus the little um, short version too? Average summary is about 12 to 15 pages. Oh, the summary, that's yeah. right. And then the full report's more like 70 to 80, can isn't be, it? Yeah, it can be 70, 80, 90 pages, depending on how much. How old the home is, um, how much stuff you find. Right. All right, Fry, so do me a favor, slide down, because we're just going to talk a little bit more about the market, and then I promise it's all going to be Rob's show after this. So this next chart here is our Cromford Market Index. And what it's showing, I pulled this about two months ago, you guys. And most of this green that you see was red because we were in the midst of the coronavirus a couple months ago and a lot of people were staying home, not going out looking at homes as much. So while maybe the demand dropped, we had such little inventory, but regardless, what this means is the Cromford Market Index, when you're at 100, is equal supply and demand. Well, as you guys saw in the previous chart, we've only been at 100 probably back in 2015. And then again, maybe back in 2001, you know, very little, very rarely here in Phoenix are we at an equal supply and demand. What this chart's showing me is that in Avondale, they've increased in demand 86% since last month. Last month, they were ranking at 231, which is still like more than twice as many people want to buy a house in Avondale. Right now we have four times as many people as there are houses in Avondale because they're off the charts with a Cromford index of 432. How often are you out in Avondale? Do you go out there very often? Uh, in the last two weeks, I've probably been out there seven or eight times. Which there is, you go. Which is surprising, because usually I don't go to Avondale, Goodyear, you don't see that. Well, if you've been out there seven or eight times in the last couple of weeks, I think this chart tells us oh, why. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's, it's funny that I would even see that up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because I, I sell across the valley, My, you know, I'm down in the Southeast Chandler's, but doesn't mean I won't sell everywhere. And Avondale, of those seven to eight homes in Avondale, how many of them were brand new, older? What, what kind of homes are you seeing in Avondale? Why is it so hot out there, in your opinion, Rob? I know the homes that are north of the freeway are older homes. A lot of those are selling just because of the price. Okay. Um, most of the stuff that's south of the freeway is really not that new anymore. It's the, most of that stuff is like 20 years old. So they're coming up on ACs and roofs and things right. like that that are coming due, and people are still driving out there, so it's price. Correct. Price is definitely showing us the demand, followed by we have Glendale, Maricopa, and then the following three, we're sitting in Mesa right now, I live in Chandler and Gilbert's on our border, so I'm not surprised our top five are rounded out by Avondale, Glendale. Have you been out to Glendale very much recently? Quite a bit, yes. So there you go. This chart's probably your map of where you've been driving. Yeah. Maricopa, we've got two out there this week, actually. 
Oh, Maricopa. So Maricopa right now has increased 54% since last month alone. Last month they were ranking at 200 Cromford Index, which basically means there's two buyers for every house. Well, right now they're at 300. So now there's three buyers for every house out in Maricopa. So these are the cities that are exploding. Mesa, Chandler, Gilbert are still um, top six, followed by Phoenix and Surprise, Queen Creek and Goodyear. Those are our top 10. But you know what? Don't feel too bad. If you're in Peoria, Tempe, Fountain Hills, you're just following the top 10 as far as the hottest locations in the valley. There are a couple of um, major cities that have a supply of active listings without a contract is dwindling. Um, for example, Avondale is really running out of houses. El Mirage, Glendale, Maricopa hit the list, and then Sun Lakes is another location. So these are definitely our hot spots here in the valley. And pretty interesting to see, you know, a lot of people because the coronavirus spike in the last couple of weeks have been, you know, I talk to people and they're so surprised to hear how busy we are and what the demand is. What are some things that you're hearing from people when you're going on home inspections? Like, why are they buying right now? Well, I think a lot of people are just looking at the interest rates. I mean, interest rates probably haven't ever been this low before. That's true. They haven't. I just had Joe Smith on a couple of weeks ago, and I think last I saw from him, we're seeing them actually hitting in the twos for 30-year mortgages, which is pretty insane. All right, Fry, one more chart and then back to the Rob show. Okay. <laughs> Dollar volume per month. I thought this was pretty interesting because just to talk about how surprised people are when they talk to me to hear how busy we are, this is dollar volume, and this is just comparing last year to this year. Hold on, somebody's trying to call me right now. I need to shut that phone off. So last year, we started off at in January at two billion, which the green is really indicative of a normal year here in Phoenix. You know, January, February, we're pretty slow, then all of a sudden it spikes up, and then we peak in the middle of the summer, and then we kind of all the way back to December, kind of slow on down. That's that's a normal, normal cycle. And then this past year was anything but normal. So what we saw in our spring is it shot up a lot sooner than it normally does. You know, after our January, I always say that people are really drunk and hungover after the holidays and really broke too because they went and loaded up their credit card from shopping. And so usually, you know, people say, oh, I'm gonna wait till after the holidays, put their home on the market. What they find is that's when we actually have the least amount of buyers out there is January. January is usually our worst month ever. And this green shows that what, what happened to us in May because people, you know, from basically March through May, we saw a drop in dollar volume during those periods because some people canceled when coronavirus very first hit, as you remember, because you were doing home inspections or not doing home inspections during the month of March. I was actually really busy during the month of March. Yeah, I, I was pretty busy too. <clears throat> but I think in general, a lot of the marketplace out there did slow down. We see that from there this chart. There were a lot of cancellations though. There were, there were cancellations because people just didn't know. And then all of a sudden everything picked back up. And now here you are in July um, at a point in the marketplace that we're almost exactly where we left off this time last year. So I thought that was kind of an interesting chart. Okay, Farai, I'm back off the market. Rob, do you have anything else you want to add about the current market conditions or what you're seeing out there? No. No? Other than you've just been real busy. I've been really busy. <laughs> okay, it's so a good problem to have. it's a great problem to have. All right, let's slide down one chart here. All right, so this is me swipe, uh, swiping things off of Facebook. 
Uh, you and your beautiful wife and your grandchildren, these are not all your children, these are your grandkids, right? Yeah, that's just part of them. Just part of them. How many grandkids do you guys have? We have 12. 12. Lucky man. I hear that grandkids are your reward for having children. Would you agree? Definitely need one of those. <laughs> um, and your wife, Dina, she is actually in the real estate business as well, but in a different arena. What is she's in title, right? Yeah, she's in title. She's in title. So I'm sure you're hearing about how busy she is because of the refinances and purchases and all that fun stuff, right? All right. She's working seven days a week right now. Yeah, yeah. So. A lot of refinances happening besides purchases, that's for sure. All of our title people are staying crazy busy. What's funny is I think this is how we met. Didn't your wife sponsor some bus tour or something like forever ago and my agents went on it and met you on that bus tour? Yeah, I met Chris Martin and back when Sabrina used to work for you. Yeah. Uh, it was on a realtor tour in Los Angeles. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad that they went on the bus. They probably didn't want to go on the bus that day and I'm glad they did because we wouldn't have met had they not. Um, and a couple other fun facts about Rob is you did serve in the Army. What year was this picture taken? Because this was a while ago. Yeah, that was back when I was still young and pretty. I, was, <laughs> I would say 1981. 1981. So just, what, 39, 40 years ago, getting uh, close to? Thereabouts. Thereabouts. Well, thank you for your service, Rob. Um, one thing I, I love about you, and I do tell my clients this, you know, that you're you you are definitely service minded. You know you you served in the service, and you also are ex um, ex uh, law enforcement as well. Where did you work in law enforcement? I was a police officer in Colorado for about three years. Okay, and then you decided enough of that and got down to Phoenix. Yep, moved down here and decided to start my own business. Well, good for you. Well, I, I noticed that you're still kind of doing the military cut with your hair, and I'm glad you didn't have to mess up your hair with these headphones today. <laughs> um, if you want, for I go ahead and slide down one more photo for me. And I'm all about charity work, and I love the fact that every guest I have has always been into giving back because you get what you give. So talk right. to us about this particular event that you helped out with. Well, I've been doing this for 16 years, actually 17 years, I think, this year. Uh, that's the Timothy Community Action Center. We um, we just get turkeys donated to us, and we take them down there and give them to the people who actually can't get food. You know, that's awesome. It's, it's a lot so of fun. you go run around and collect all the turkeys from people, and yeah, and then get, deliver them down there. Yeah, we'll do a turkey drive. I think last year we got about 1,500 pounds. Wow. Well. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that you do that. And uh, anytime anybody's doing any kind of charity work, I always love to mention it because I definitely am a firm believer you get what you give. And uh, I love the fact that you give back, Rob. Right. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Okay. So now this is the glamorous life of a home inspector. Please, Farai, scroll down one picture. So this picture here, go ahead and go just to the main screen because I want our guests to be able to see this. And then I'll have you play the video, Rob. Or I'm sorry, Farai. Um, no, 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 go back. Not that video. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is a day in Rob's life. Now, Rob does not have his headphones on. I don't know if you want to hear the commentary in the background, but this is a, this was, um, office Facebook and this was a view for the day of, from the office as you quoted. Right. That's out in Fountain Hills. Yeah. Go ahead and hit play Fry. In the background, and I hear a little bit of wind. From the office. And you just said, this is in my day's view from the office. Yeah, so the glamorous life of a home inspector. All right, so go back to the screen fry for me. What I loved about this 
life of Rob's is he is constantly giving back. Yes, he gets to see some really cool houses. I'm sure you've inspected some gorgeous ones. After our break today, I'm, I'm going to go through a bunch of fun pictures I found on his Facebook. But the next time you come on the show, I want to get some good pictures of the beautiful homes that you're also, because some of the pictures I'm showing aren't all that beautiful, but you'll see what I'm talking about after break. This one, however, I loved catching Rob in the moment. So Rob here, it looks like, what is this, is Stacy another realtor that works with you? Yes, yes, she is. So I thought this was really cool. I, I kind of wish I had done this. She's taking pictures of you actually with buyers, showing them around the home. And this is literally you in the middle of a home inspection. So you're showing them under the sink. You're showing them a few other things. Talk to us about what's in these pictures, Rob. Well, that first picture, I'm just showing them how to shut their main water shut off, off uh, where their gas main is. I just like to walk them around and explain to them where all their functional uh, parts of the house are so they can, if they have a problem, they can shut their water off, they can shut their gas off, shut their electric off, just so they- Important stuff. Just educate them, yes. Yeah, and that's what I love about you is that you do educate my clients when they come through and do a home inspection with you. Now, this next video and picture, so go ahead, Fry, show me the picture first before you go to the video, because I gotta set the stage on this one. This home, um, Alba and Paul purchased for me about a year and a half ago. My nephew Dalton had actually showed it to them the first time. So I didn't have the liberty of walking this fine uh, gem of a property until the in home inspection. When I got to this home, this is located off of 70th Avenue. Our folks actually bought it in uh, the subdivision's Maryville Terrace. They paid a year and a half ago only 137000 There's always a Today, this property is now worth closer to 300,000, and I had a ton of beautiful pictures that they just sent me this morning of what it looks like today. But when I arrived at this property, Fry, please show the screen. Like, we really need, no, 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 not the video, not the video. The screen here, if, I don't know if you can zoom in on that house, but this was actually seized by the city of Scottsdale, and I believe it was drug-related. So this house had a lot to, left to, to be desired. You really can't tell by the thumbnails, but just picture this out in the avenues. It had been sitting for a long time vacant. Um, my guy you know, had aspirations to fix and flip it. They still own the home, and I don't know that Elva's ever gonna sell this place because she loves it so much. But I get to the home inspection. I had never seen this home before. My nephew had shown it, and he was pretty new in real estate when he went and, and showed them this home. He's see, since seen many, 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 many homes. Okay, Fry, now go ahead, play the video. And then Rob, if you can, talk us through what people are gonna be seeing as, as you're going through this next video. We are looking at a bunker. Okay, so explain the bunker. Well, walking in the backyard, there was this huge steel plate sitting in kind of an odd spot so I said told my son to come over there we could move it, it took both of us to move it it's actually one of those steel plates they put over the roads moved it and lo and behold there's a bunker which is about well, six to eight feet in the ground fully equipped with electrical there is a toilet there I don't think I took a picture of it because it wasn't very pleasant to look at but um, those are termite tubes actually on it in the corners there's where the sewer was hooked up <laughs> And people had actually been living down there. That is the scary part. We don't know if, like, I posted this on my Facebook this morning, and one of my past clients wrote, um, put the lotion in the in the bucket, you know, from um, 
oh gosh, what was that movie called? <laughs> the, all kinds of fun things that people were saying about this video. I couldn't imagine, like it, when we had shown this home, my nephew had no idea that there was anything underneath. Yeah, unusual. And, and then in order for them to actually get the financing, they actually had to fill in this bunker and destroy it. So the bunker is no more, but I'm assuming at some point, whoever, since this had been um, confiscated, this home from the city of Scottsdale, and it was probably drug related, who knows what, who was down there, what they were doing down there, but that was definitely something you do not see every day on a home inspection. Correct. I don't think it was for the apocalypse. No, it was definitely <laughs> not for the apocalypse. But you did mention termites. So after our break, we are going to take some pictures or look at some pictures that you guys have from what termites look like. Because I know that's kind of a big deal. Most people have no idea even what to look for. So you guys stay tuned. We're getting ready to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're talking only a couple minutes. I got a whole bunch more pictures similar to that video from Rob's Facebook that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. We'll be back in just a minute. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. Tara Creek and the TK team have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision. It deserves a strategic approach. The TK team provides you with a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score, helping you qualify for better rates and terms. Visit the TKteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you make the best decisions. The TK team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters, so when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyers Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs with access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters. Lawyers Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud, creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Lawyers Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyers Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Have you been thinking about buying a new home or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith at Epic Mortgage for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead so you can get the best rate, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact Joe Smith at Epic Mortgage today. 602-741-4121. Welcome back. Thank you, you guys. Oh, you can go ahead and just take those headphones off. I was making Rob actually listen to the commercials on break. <laughs> he didn't get off the hook either. So I'm glad you guys are still here listening. And we are getting ready to go into the second half of our show. So the second half, there's more pictures and more things because there's so many things that we don't want you guys to miss when you go and do a home inspection. So for I, oh, and before we do this, uh, just a reminder, guys, we are live on Facebook right now. So if you're watching live, you have any questions for Rob, please chime in. 
for those of you guys who maybe can't always catch the show live, we always put it on our YouTube channel. And of course, we have every platform of podcasts. So if you're more of a podcast person, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, we're even on iHeartRadio. So make sure to check us out, you podcasters, you. Um, All right, Fry, let's go ahead and go back to our slides. Okay, I loved this picture. (laughs) I don't know how often you crawl under a house, Rob, or please explain to me what you're doing in this picture, because most of the homes here in Arizona have foundations, and you don't normally get to crawl out of a hole out of the bottom of a house. Well, our house was built in 1935, so it had a crawl space, and it was down down in the historic district. But every crawl space, if it's at all possible, I crawl in them. So every crawl space, I know I wouldn't want to go into a crawl space. Up north, I see construction with crawl spaces all the time. That's how they have to build them. Right. I rarely see a house here. With, so it would be earlier than 1935. Is that how they used to no. build them here? Houses built in the 50s. Some of them have them even all the way from the 50s clear back to the, to the early 1900s. So what kind of fun stuff do you see in crawl spaces? Oh, you find old whiskey bottles, beers. <laughs> you find all kinds of cool stuff. Um, Critters. Rats, snakes. Any other fun stuff? Paraphernalia. (laughs) All kinds of all kinds of all kinds of stuff that people don't want to see in the in the day of light, right? Right. Or the light of day. Okay, so I thought that should be your new um, cover cover photo for your Facebook page. I thought that was pretty funny. Let's check out the next photo, Fry. Okay, so. For those of you guys not from Arizona originally, most of you guys, you hear the word termite and you kind of freak out. Understandably so, because I know in other places, termites can be incredibly devastating. I have never though, in all the years here in Arizona, seen a picture with a tube this long. Explain to me what we're seeing here. And then Jason had teased us that he actually had video to show what termites look like inside of these tubes. Talk to me about this, Rob. Well, that's a fireplace looking up from the from the bottom of the hearth. Those tubes probably were at least four feet long. Four feet long, full of termites, I'm guessing? Yeah, I think so. I didn't knock them down just because I wanted to get a good picture of them, but that's those are probably, in all the time I've been doing this, that's the longest termite tube I've ever seen, and they were everywhere in there. And so everywhere in the fireplace or everywhere in this house? They were just everywhere. They were in the fireplace, they were uh, on the stem wall, they were under the carpet. You're in the walls, hanging from the ceilings. So let's talk termites because it is a big deal in Arizona for people who are coming from out of state especially because they hear termites and they think their house is going to fall down. Normally when I see termites, it's what you just mentioned on the stem wall. Maybe it's a couple inch tube. We see them, we knock them down, we treat them and they go away for a little while. And then, you know, what's the saying that I always hear you say? Two types of people in Arizona, the ones that have them and the ones that's going to get them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Exactly. And that has a lot to do with the chemicals that we are now using versus the chemicals that we used to use maybe 25, 30 years ago. Right. Yeah, you get a lot of those old houses out in uh, East Mesa. I know the ones the Farnsworth built, they used to use actually the old DDT back then. And sometimes those, if they didn't break the barrier, a lot of times those houses don't have termites. And so what kind of damage can you see besides this ugly tube and just the thought of little critters crawling up and down these tubes, what kind of damage do you actually see from termites? Because I know other places, like my daughter's in Hawaii, and I know in Hawaii, like they fly and they can eat a house really fast. I think that's just kind of how it is in humid places. What do you typically see about termites here? What's the average, what's the norm, or you know, what would be a concern if you saw it? 
Well, we have the subterranean termites here. They don't do a tremendous amount of damage. It takes them a long time. Um, usually these kind, these are basically the subterranean, so they have to go back down into the ground and come back up. So, you know, untreated 10, 15, 20 years, yeah, they can do some structural damage. But and that's meaning like they eat up some of the walls or yeah, some of the two by fours or what or have some you. Some of the rafters or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. just, but again, that's 20 years, 25 years being untreated. Now, every home in Arizona, is it a fair statement to say that when you buy and sell real estate, they typically get inspected? Oh, you should absolutely have a termite inspection. I know you should absolutely do it, but what's the what do you think do most people turn you down when they hear it's an extra 65 bucks, or do most people go ahead and have you treat them or, or look for them? Because you don't actually inspect them No, yourself. I don't do the inspection. I actually sub it out to another company. Right, right. So do most people say, yeah, Rob, I want to have my termites inspected, or do they just say, eh, I don't want to spend the money? What do you see normally? I think one of the funniest comments I usually get from people is they say, well, it's a block home. Mm -hmm. So why would I need to get a termite inspection on a block home? Well, block home has wood framing in it. So, you know, they get in there and they can eat up the walls or get into the walls, get into the wood. Okay. But if a home has signs of them, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad home or the home's going to oh, fall down. Not. No. You know, signs of them meaning like a tube, typically what we see is they just get treated, meaning the tube gets knocked down, somebody comes along and sprays for it so they don't come back up in the same right. spot. Another thing I see on termite inspections a lot is earth to wood contact. What right. does that mean? Because I hear it all the time, you hear it all the time, but people watching the show have no idea what that means. Oh, earth to wood could mean a column, like a wood column, wood beam or something touching the ground that touches the house, mm -hmm. a gate, a wood gate touching okay. the house. And it's just, those are just conditions that are conducive to termites. So the termites could get in them and they can get into the house because the two are touching. So they crawl up in the ground, get a hold of that fence, crawl up through the fence, and then attach to the house from there. So mm, in other words, correct. you guys don't typically like to see um, a piece of wood going into the ground that's also touching the house because a termite could, in theory, right. get into the house that way. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So these days, my understanding, brand new homes, they spray the pad, pour the foundations, spray around the perimeter of the house because you mentioned earlier as long as they haven't broken the barrier. What do you mean by breaking the barrier when it comes to termites? Well, my understanding of the building process with that, which is, it has changed. It used to be five years, now uh -huh. it's three years. Uh -huh. um, they spray it before they pour the slab. Okay. And then that creates a barrier so the termites can't get through it. Now, once somebody comes- Watch your hands. <laughs> once somebody comes in and they uh, start putting landscaping in or they dig a trench around the house or whatever, uh -huh. they break the barrier. Okay. And then that's that gives the termites a path, I guess. A path. So if they break the barrier, I mean, moving the dirt that was treated, right. in theory, they can come up through that spot if there's no more chemicals there to keep them away. Correct. So really, guys, in the world of termites, they're kind of gross, the idea of them, right? But odds are they're not going to hurt you or your house unless they've been infested for a decade or longer. Oh, at least that, I would think. At least that. So you guys remember I said that because one of these days when we go buy a house, you might see a tube there's nothing to freak out over. Fair statement? Very, yep, that's very true. Okay, for right, let's go to the next picture. I think we killed those termites. Okay, guys, this is actually a picture from June, I think of 2017 or 19. And the reason why I put this up here is, okay, it's only going to be like, what, 108, 110 today, something like that. That's outside temperatures. So Rob, when he inspects, you go underneath a house, you go on top of a house, and you go up in the attic. That is the temperature of a, of a normal attic, is it not? 
Yeah, that's a low temperature. Sometimes it gets clear up to 170 degrees up there. 170? How mm -hmm. long do you spend up in these attics when you're inspecting them? Unfortunately, about 15-20 minutes. I bet you're covered in dripping sweat by the time you come out of one of those. Yep. It's... Usually by the time I arrive, you've kind of cleaned yourself up. I right. don't usually get to see sweaty <laughs> Rob um, coming out of the attic crawl space. But you guys, keep this in mind because he does look at every inch of the house and going up in these attics is not very fun. I will say one thing I'm sure you would like about my house is uh, the builder that I built from and or with, and actually the builder I represent today, Belago does the same thing where they have the tech shield up at the underneath the roof so that the attics are actually a lot cooler. I bet you're pretty happy when you come across one of those homes this time of year. Yeah, those vapor barriers make a big difference. A so, very big difference. So that that's me saying if you guys don't have it, you might want to consider adding it to your roof because guess what? Underneath your roof, if you add tech shield, it will help keep your attic cooler, which guess what? If your attic's cooler, it probably doesn't make your AC work as hard to cool the inside of your house. And something to think about with that picture, that's just a picture of the attic. So a lot of that heat gain gets through the walls, through the ceilings. Mm -hmm. So when, especially with an older home, it's really important to make sure that they check the insulation and put more insulation up there because we're only average R30 here, which is really not that much. Right. And you consider how hot it gets, add another four or five inches of insulation can make a huge difference in uh, keeping your house keeping, keeping your house cool, cool. And, yeah and maybe not worrying out your ac and as just quick just not working your ac so hard yeah so all about keeping your acs working as long as possible and i know rob is wonderful with giving advice on how to do that what would be one of the best things you would tell you do tell people because i i know the answer to this let's see if you if you think of the same answer i'm thinking of when you have somebody and you just did this a couple weeks ago with one of my other new kids and we're talking about ACs. What type of filters do you recommend people buy for to keep their ACs working nice and long? Well, the cheaper the better. The cheaper the better. Always, it doesn't always mean you have to spend more money. The cheaper the better. Why is that, Rob? Well, when you put those <clears throat> cheaper AC, you cheap put the cheaper filters in. Um, doesn't make the AC work so hard. They have to pull the air through the return when they do that. Um, as long as they're catching some of the dirt, that's what's important. So, but the key there is you replace them every month. At least that, yeah. At least, so if you buy the cheaper AC filters, just make sure you're replacing them periodically. I like to tell people, when you make your mortgage payment, change out your AC filters. That's a good way to remember to do them on a monthly basis. And, and anything you can do to keep your attic cooler, Rob will love you for it. Not to mention it'll help keep your AC running longer and not as hard. All right, let's see the next photo we got here. Okay, Rob, you tell us what's in this picture before I go ahead and zoom in so our audience can actually see it. Well, this is a gecko that didn't make it. Why not? Poor little gecko. I love geckos. That's a gecko in an electric panel. He got he touched the he touched those metal terminals there, which is about four hundred volts. So where his little hand just went in, he just got himself electrocuted. Yes, he did. Poor little guy. I don't see um, that very often. It sounds like you see it pretty regularly <laughs> when you're checking panels. Now, this is just a board home inspector, you know, and has to take pictures of stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good one. I, I appreciate it. Poor little guy. I felt bad for him because I do like geckos. They're one of our fun, um, I don't know if I'd even call them a pest, our fun little lizards here in the desert that you see regularly that help us, you know, kind of keep, keep down the amount of other insects that most of us don't really care much for. Um, why don't you scroll down another photo for me, Fry? Okay, so this is one. Jason chimed in earlier when we were kind of scrolling through this. 
Rob, tell me what we're looking at here, because I've never seen this in person, and I was shocked to hear what Jason said about it. Well, that's a water heater, so when I inspect a water heater, I remove the cover panel so that I can look at the element, because that element right there, if you were to touch that, that's that's a, a it's energized. So would that mean that if a little gecko went and touched it, he would have he would look the same like he did before? Right. And what makes it dangerous when it gets like that is that all that water around there, see that yellow wire? Uh-huh. That is a hot wire, so that can actually make the water heater um, shock or electrocute you. That would be bad. Yes, so it, it sounds like you have a pretty dangerous job. So after law enforcement and the military, you went right into another dangerous line of work, huh? Yeah, it's a little... A little more fun. <laughs> so I've never seen this before. Is this something that you've seen often on water heaters? Quite often, yeah. Really? I don't think on any of the homes you've inspected for me over the years have we ever encountered this. Was this just, why would this happen? Like, well, how water, could it happen? The water here is so corrosive that it just gets down there and it works its way through. And all that stuff, if you look around there, you see the white corrosion. Uh-huh. That's working its way out. And... It's just basically eating up the element. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, well, um, yeah. So would this be a good argument for doing a tankless water heater? Would you see something like this on a tankless? Yeah, if you got gas or even even with electric now, I think electric has gotten a lot more efficient. That would They're definitely a lot better, um, more energy efficient. Okay. And you won't get this. And you won't get this. I've never seen it. I hope I never do on any of our homes. Um, I just thought that was an interesting photo that you could tell us a little bit about. It, you, um, in the subtitle, you wrote, when water and electricity mingle. We all know when water and electricity mingle, it's not a good thing. So <laughs> uh, let's check out the next photo you got here, Fry. And then you come across things that every now and then make you go, hmm. I know when you posted this, you had no idea what this right. was. And what were some of the answers or possibilities that could have been? Oh, everybody was, there. people were saying everything from a bunker to... Well, we already know what a bunker really yeah. looks like, right? There were people thinking it was a bunker. There was, there was all kinds of comments on there about it. I don't remember all of them exactly, but it turned out to be a speaker. It turned out just to be a speaker. So, you know, no stone left unturned. We're going to question everything that he comes across. And luckily for us, we we found out it was just a speaker. Um, let's go ahead and take another peek at our next image. Oh, I thought this was pretty funny. Now, this wasn't one that you actually came across. No, this is one I just found, but I thought it was, thought it was a little bit... Uh, Humorous. Where it says it's what time it was installed, it was not exactly installed on the ceiling. So. so it was installed on the ceiling. I think the answer to the question was supposed to be the when? Date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so is this a pretty common thing, though, that you see weird labels, weird things? Like, I know I've seen some panels that all of a sudden, like, all of the writings disappeared over the years. Right. Um, it seems like smoke detectors are that necessary nuisance. Right. I know most of mine are off my ceiling because they go off in the middle of the night. My husband gets a, you know, a broom, knocks them down, and then we never end up putting them back up. Um, it's kind of important to have them, though, throughout your home, and probably even better if they don't say the ceiling as far as uh, when they were installed. Yeah, you're supposed to change your smoke detectors uh, every 10 years. Every 10 years. Okay. Good to know. Next photo for I, please. Okay, so this one I thought was pretty interesting. You're going to have to go into some detail. Farai, go ahead and zoom in while Rob tells us what we're looking at here. Go ahead. 
This is a Glade air freshener. That a was. Glade air freshener? Mm -hmm. Like the plug-in? Mm -hmm. No. Where would it have plugged in at? Where's the electrical outlet? It was there somewhere. But it, what it had done is I believe it had leaked above from above and then down through and caused all that damage. That is so gross. Why is this? It, you, you have dichlorobenzene something. Yeah, they were. I think they were defective. So it looks like you wrote in here something about the chemical found that it eats through paint, plastic, carpet, and it decomposes. Like, I know I have a friend that used to be in the insurance business, and actually I think he still is, and one of the biggest claims are those Glade plug-ins can actually catch your house on fire. Right. You know, me as a realtor, if I have a house that's kind of stinky for some reason, I'm, I'm wanting to plug those things in all over the place, but I had heard a long time ago that they were not all that. Um, and obviously if they cause, you know, even if your house doesn't catch fire from them, it looks like they can cause some serious damage. Well, and one of the things happened too is people put them in upside down. They plug them in upside down. Well, people aren't always the brightest, <laughs> are they? So I'm not sure. I don't remember. This is a long time ago. I don't remember if that was the case or not, but, uh, that was pretty bad. So you've, you've seen this more than once. Then. Oh yeah. Okay. So pretty common thing. You guys think twice about using Glade um, air fresheners or the plugins, not just the brand. I'm just talking in general, just the plug-in air fresheners because they can cause an awful lot of damage. I've never seen this myself. I've only heard about things like this, but word to the wise. So next photo we have. Okay. Now this is important stuff, you guys. For years and years and years, and Rob, you've inspected my own home, you went and inspected my mom's home. I've always been, because of my new home experience, of the mindset that while the home's under warranty from the builder, why wait, why get the why get your home inspected up front? Why not wait until you're up to your one year warranty? Then the builder will fix everything that you find, blah, blah, blah. I now see the error in my ways. And the reason why I say that is why wait a year for something really bad to happen to your house if something went wrong? And I thought your your inspection or your description here was really insightful because when homes are being built, they build them really fast. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, the city inspector is not going to get up. You know, you, you have a certain amount of, well, at least the city's inspecting it. It's not going to pass, you know, if it doesn't pass code. But again, it's a picture a snapshot. We're just human. You know, things can be over, you know, it looks like this is kind of common though. Right. You're, it sounds like you find this pretty often. So explain to me what this picture is so that those people watching have an idea, even if you're buying brand new, why you'd want to have your home inspected during the build process. Well, the metal pieces you see on the outside of the edges there is a flashing. The flashing is supposed to go underneath the tile. Uh -huh. So right now when the water washes down the roof, drains down the roof, it drains under the flashing. Instead of? Instead of on the flashing, which the flashing is designed to divert the water to the edge of the roof. So okay. So right now the water is going to go under the tile, which gets into the underlayment and good chance of causing the house to leak. So a brand new home probably is leaking and causing water damage under the roof, under the underlayment, all of that, which should never happen. Right. But because they put the roof tiles underneath the flashing instead of the other way around, there's nothing keeping the water from getting in where it shouldn't. Right, they just created a channel for the water to drain under the flashing. They just created a channel so the water can drain under the flashing, right. which basically means if you took my advice and you waited a whole year, there could be an awful lot of damage to your home and this and, was a year old. And this was a year old. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, I think that was just advice. Maybe I've been doing this for a long time, old school advice of, you know, why, why spend the money twice? Why not just let the home go through the warranty? But, you know, I had one home 
where the builder literally did not insulate. Find out time. Find did out not time. insulate. And so these people went a whole year with really expensive utility bills to find out there was no insulation up in their attic. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. and, if, and you know that was that cost them a lot of money in utility cost until they discovered the problem. So, word to the wise: do not wait a whole year. Inspect your home while it's being built. Now, do you ever inspect it at the frame stage, or do you just wait till the home is done? Typically, I'll do them at the frame stage, but typically I like to do them when they get to the point of right before the walkthrough, right before they you know before they take possession of it. Okay, like two weeks before. Okay. So fair enough, you guys, go get your brand new homes inspected just because they're under warranty doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong with them. So make sure you do that. And then before we end the show, there's a couple of fun pictures I had to add into this whole monarchy of a mess. Go ahead and scroll down, Fry. This is the one little critter that everybody in Arizona, if you've lived here long enough, maybe you grew up with scorpions. My husband has a pastime of going out at night hunting for them. I personally love to live in ignorance and ignorance is bliss. I don't go look for them. They don't come find me. We're, we 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 have a great relationship that way. But this is number one reason what most people talk to me about. They're afraid of coming to Arizona because they're afraid they're going to get stung by a scorpion. How many scorpions have you come across in your 20 years of inspecting homes? A bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you normally come across them? So if somebody's never lived in Arizona or they're just moving here for the first time, where are areas that you typically find scorpions and what can you do about them? Well, some of the places you find, they like to be under flat surfaces. So they like under rocks, under carpet. Uh, I've had them fall out of the returns when you take the filter out. I've had them jump up on the screwdriver when you open up the drains because they'll get down into the, uh, into the sewer drains. Have you ever been stung while you've been inspecting? Oh, yeah, once. Ooh, I bet that was fun. It didn't feel too good. <laughs> but no, they're, uh, as far as getting rid of them, I don't know if there's any way to permanently get rid of them just because they're here and they've been here for ever. Yeah. Uh, you can just kind of keep them at bay. We live in a bay. desert. Yeah, you can just kind of keep them at bay. Keep it treated. Keep them at bay. I know I live out in the desert myself, and we treat them, and they'll they live in the walls, and as soon as you treat them, they'll come out and die, and then you sweep them up and... So I typically will see people put powder in the garage, like crevices, right. or at where the doors, where they feel like maybe they get in under the garage door sometimes. Um, and usually outside, if you go looking for them, you're going to find them in just about anybody's backyard. Right. Um, but inside, I rarely see them again. I need glasses, and I really, again, would rather not see them, so I'm good with not seeing them. James can go out and hunt them all he wants. But, you know, so it just reminded me we should talk about scorpions and then I thought this next photo was pretty funny now Fry you can zoom in I'm not going to actually read out loud what this actually says on the lid <laughs> but again you come across some of the funniest things what in the world was that that was ant killer ant killer and what was in the ant killer what was in the jar of ant killer it just was some kind of ant killer it was under a sink and I saw that and I thought that was weird. that was pretty funny stuff yeah. so you know my um, I grew up in San Francisco in uh, the Sunset District and it's really wet and cold there and so the pest that we had instead of scorpions me growing up we had um, we actually had um, oh my gosh snails and my grandpa hated the snails my grandpa did not drink but it was the cutest thing ever is he would go buy beer and put little jars of beer out and they would crawl in and they would end up dying from beer. I don't think beer would kill the scorpions here, but I thought that, that kind of your jar here reminded me of my grandpa with his beer <laughs> and the snails in San Francisco. All right. 
last but not least, there's one more beauty of a picture. And this was a home. I know you're like, which picture is oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and again, we see the craziest things. One of my, like, I, I, I can't unsee it. Something that when I used to do new home sales, somebody left me a, a wonderful gift in a bathroom one day. And I still gag when I even think of this image in my head. Um, I, I take it that this letter told somebody not to use the bathroom? Yeah, I believe it was a request for something to not use the bathroom and they used it and folded it up and put it in the closet. And uh, apparently it got used as toilet paper. So we see the grossest thing sometimes out there in houses. Um, next show that we do together, Rob, I wanna see some awesome houses because I know you inspect some the really nice high-end, gorgeous, custom, million-dollar properties. Those inspections take hours and hours. Uh, the average Joe, though, 300 to 500 price points, probably our bread and butter here in Arizona. Sure. How much does an inspection cost with you? How do they get them scheduled? And how do they get a hold of you? Well, the average home um, starts out about 350 mm -hmm. and just works its way up from there. Uh, based off square footage, correct? Yeah, just based off square footage. Mm -hmm. if, if there's a pool, it's extra. If there's a spa, it's extra. If there's outbuildings, it's extra. Okay. It's on case by case basis on depending on the size of the home and, and what, what all is involved, age. Mm -hmm. And uh, typically location doesn't really have anything to do with it unless it's say somewhere maybe like Tonopah or something like that. Okay. Or into a, in another county. Um, anywhere between, start 350 probably okay. 500. So do people usually schedule with you online or they call you? How do you prefer to get in a, in a home inspection scheduled? Uh, call me, text, email. Carrier people, pigeon, that carrier kind of pigeon. thing. People sure. contact me on Facebook sometimes on my Facebook page. Okay. And if you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at 602 uh -huh. 908 7355. And 7355, by the way, spells sell. Oh, that's easy to remember. So 602, or was it, yeah, 602 908 sell. Yep. Easy to remember. So you would want to schedule with Rob for a home inspection. And even on a home, one thing I think is really novel and really cool when my clients do think to do this is you can actually hire Rob if you're getting ready to sell your house. You don't have any big surprises and maybe alleviate um, any repairs from deferred maintenance. Because that's probably every inspection that Rob and I do, I can almost finish his sentences for him now because it's always some broken roof tiles. We always have some showered door sweeps that are going bad, some seized valves under the sinks that usually um, you know, are in every home. There's, you know, it's deferred maintenance kind of stuff in general, wouldn't you say? Yep, and don't forget the elastomeric. Oh yes, uh, elastomeric, we put that stuff on everything. Um, <laughs> we joke about that all the time, but it just seems like there's a leaky roof, leaky this, leaky that. Right. Rob t starts educating our folks about what elastomeric coating is, and no, you have not gotten a Christmas card from them yet, but hopefully one of these days of you these will. Days. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, thank you, Rob, for joining us today. I loved having you on the show. I loved being able to share a little bit more detail and insight what you do every day because without you, you're an instrumental part of the real estate process and people really need to make sure that they hire a good, qualified, experienced home inspector like yourself. Thanks guys, take care. Thank you. What a great show and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember, 
that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, 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 I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day.